Hi, I'm Sarah. I have an awesome husband and three amazing stepdaughters. Marriage and parenting is already a juggling act, and blended family relationships are even more messy and fragile. We won't always get it right the first time, but if you're looking for encouragement, you're in the right place. Thanks for joining us as we grow closer as step families. Welcome to His Kids, Her Kids, Episode 3, Let Freedom Ring. I'll never forget the first day of international relations class. I was sitting in the front row, and the professor wrote the definition of power that she wanted to discuss in class. She wrote the definition of power was the ability to influence the decisions of others. And as the class discussed whether this was a valid definition of the word power, it occurred to me that since the decision was still in the hands of the person someone was trying to have power over, that that meant no one would ever have power over me unless I allowed them to. Someone could have a gun to my head and say, do this or else. And it was still 100% my decision what I was going to do. It was a really profound experience for me. Now, hearing that this was my emotional reaction to this definition of power and this discussion in class might make you think that I'm like this rebel at heart, always looking for a reason to not ever let anybody tell me what to do, when in fact, nothing could be further from the truth. I am a rule follower to my core. Uh, Someone I know was just talking about uh, having fireworks at their wedding. And my first question was like, oh, wow, they're going to let you do that? And uh, I can't even consider like going fishing in a, in a neighborhood pond or anything. Like if there's a sign up that says, you know, don't sled here or no fishing here, there is absolutely no way that I could, could do that thing. Uh, it doesn't matter if there's a ton of people doing it, if I know that it's there for liability reasons. It, it does not matter. I am a rule follower. To explain a little more where I'm coming from here, not long ago, I learned about a concept that Dr. Siegel presents in his book, The Whole Brain Child, and he talks about the river of integration, and the river of integration has two banks, the bank of chaos and the bank of rigidity, and he's talking about how every day we're trying to chart a course down the river of our uh, awareness and we're trying to navigate between, you know, like this perfect balance between cha- the two extremes of chaos and rigidity. And it's amazing for me to think about that because I definitely feel so much more comfortable with the bank of rigidity. And like the idea of, you know, rigidity is so much more appealing to me than chaos. When I think about chaos in any form, my personality is just very much opposed to chaos. And when I meet people who don't feel that way, I'm just, like, I I can't even imagine. Like, that's so foreign to me. I mean, I'm trying to think about stories and examples to tell you, like, what an extreme rule follower I am. And it's hard to even think of examples because the truth is, in my own mind, I'm the normal one. Like, isn't everybody like this? It's only when I discover you know, run into somebody who's approaching something very differently than I do, that I'm even aware uh, of how much, you know, of a rule follower I am. 
this is something I'm still really learning about myself. And one of the people that I can credit to how much I've learned this about myself is Danny Silk and his material, Loving Our Kids on Purpose. He was the first person that ever introduced me to the idea of external control versus internal control. He said external control is when you make a decision not to do something or to do something because of what someone else is going to do to you. Are they going to be mad at you? Are they going to inflict pain upon you in some way? Whereas internal control is you making the decision based on pressure from inside yourself, your values, your goals, the way you feel about yourself, that whole idea of like, I need to be able to sleep at night as opposed to what someone else is going to do to me. And he talked about how essential it is for people to feel a sense of control in their own lives Imagine living in the most beautiful, spacious, luxurious house in the world, but as soon as you put bars on the windows and are told that you're not allowed to leave, that is now a prison. And it doesn't matter how gilded the cage is, it's still a cage. I think sometimes it's even easier to think about this when it comes to animals. I think about like the Free Willy movie that was popular when I was a child. On the one hand, you might be thinking, It has no complaints. I give it all the food that it needs. Nobody's hurting it. But it was designed to be free. And there's something even in us looking at it that can't enjoy seeing it up close when we know it doesn't belong there. It doesn't belong in a swimming pool. It needs to be out in the ocean. In a similar way, love requires freedom. And freedom requires a choice. When people aren't given choices, we create the worst in them. And when you take someone's choice away and try to rule over them, they will disconnect and begin to protect themselves. I'll never forget the story that he told in the video. He found like the sweetest looking older woman in the audience. And he said, you know, do you mind if I use you for an example? And she's like, oh, oh, sure. And he says, okay, now, you know, you feel comfortable with me right now where I'm standing. Like, I'm not in your space too much. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm comfortable. He says, and he gets like in her space. He gets like closer, not touching her even, but, but closer. He says, now how do you feel? And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty uncomfortable. And everybody's laughing, you know, because you know, we all know what he's doing. And then he goes, okay, so now imagine that I have my hands around your throat and they're just going to get tighter and tighter. I'm not going to stop what are you going to do? And she's like, um, you're not going to stop? Like, not if I ask you to stop? He's like, no, I'm not going to stop. What are you going to do? And she goes, well, I would take my finger, stick it in your eye and touch your brain. And he gives her this look that's like, I can't believe you. You would do that? And the audience is like howling, but his point was made. So then he took all of these principles and he applied them to interacting with children. He said, my job is not to teach my children to let me control them, but teaching them to control themselves. I was a really big fan of horse movies 
when I was growing up. And it seemed like the horse movies often, not always, but often had a repeating story. There was a horse that was considered to be unbreakable. This horse was unbreakable. No matter how much beating it had taken, it refused the saddle, it refused the bridle. Until the main character of the story came, the horse whisperer. And the horse whisperer didn't force themselves on the horse and punish it when it wouldn't do what they wanted it to do. It approached the horse on the horse's terms and taught the horse, you can trust me. And then over the course of the movie, the horse learned how to be ridden. Okay, so if you're anything like me, if you're anything like the kind of person that just does not want chaos in your home and in your life and you're hearing these and you're like, okay, you know, whatever, are you telling me that I just have to let my kids do whatever they're going to do and I have no control because they need to have the control and that does not sound pleasant at all. Okay, I quite agree. So just like Dan Siegel was talking about with his river of integration image, it's not that we want to have either rigidity or control. It's charting a course in between the two extremes. And it's not that we don't want our children to have no control in their lives at all and are experiencing chaos. It's that we want to teach them rather than operating out of the experience of their decisions being influenced by external control, having that sense of external control to transition to internal control where they're making their choices based on their own values, their own decisions, their own goals rather than out of fear of punishment and because someone else who's bigger and stronger than me can inflict pain in my life and that's something I want to avoid. Danny Silk talks about this. He says, how is your connection? What is the relationship you have with your child? That is the key. I remember this being true in my own life when I was a teenager. It was very popular at the time for people to start coloring their hair with household products. So my best friends were, I was seeing them the next day and, you know, they had used bleach or hydrogen peroxide and, you know, it was like all the rage and it wasn't something, you know, that I was doing. And uh, so talking to one of my friends about her new look, and she says, you should try it. I wonder what you would look like with it. And I said, oh, no, that is not something my parents would be okay with, you know, at all. And she said, oh, come on. What are they going to do to you? Well, that's a valid question. What would they do to me? I thought about it for a second, and I realized it's not a question of what they would do to me. It's my knowledge of the damage that we'd be done to our relationship. Like the last thing I want is to look into their eyes and them to see me and think she went and got the bleach. And in that moment, I knew that it wasn't about what my parents could or would do to me. It's that I didn't want to do anything that would affect our relationship. And that is an example of transitioning from external control to our decisions to internal control. I was allowing the relationship that I had with my parents to influence the decisions I was making. You see, your children can learn to make adjustments to protect their relationship with you, or they can learn how to survive the relationship with you. 
I observed an example of this recently listening to another podcast about step families. And the speaker was talking about her experience growing up in a step family when she was a child. And she said, I had to call my stepmom, mom. And she said, I'd been doing it since she came into my life when I was three or one, very young. I never had a problem with it until I got to a certain age. I think she said it was like 11 or something like that. And all of a sudden, I did not want to call her mom because she wasn't. She wasn't my mom. But I didn't. I didn't talk to anybody about my feelings. I didn't express my feelings because I knew I wasn't going to be allowed to do anything different. So I just did what I had to do. I swallowed the sand. Now, I had never heard that expression before, but when I heard her say that in the details of the story and everything about it, it just broke my heart. I was, I mean, I don't know, just the image, like swallowing sand while she's relating to her stepmom in her family on a daily basis, every time, you know, she's saying her name, the sadness of it all just struck me so much. And as a stepmom myself, I definitely had the emotional reaction of like, I never want that. I never want that for my stepchildren. And she was expressing exactly what he's talking about here. She learned how to survive the relationship. She knew. She didn't even have to ask. She knew that she wasn't going to be allowed to do anything different. Or she felt that she wasn't going to be listened to or her feelings were were not going to be considered. As much as I like to think that I had learned my lesson about how futile it was to try to control others in my relationships, I didn't really learn this lesson until a few years later. You see, I had just started a new relationship. And after seven years of being single, it was a really big deal to me. I introduced him to my family. I took him to my sister's wedding. I had never met anyone that I had so much in common with. We wanted the same kind of life. We had similar backgrounds. But then one day, he started a conversation by saying, I have something to tell you, and you're not going to like it. Yeah, I was all ears. He said, so sometimes my dad and I go to a restaurant, and I never want to go there, mind you. It's always his idea, but I go to be with my dad. And... I was like, so uh, what's the catch? And he's like, well, you know, the restaurant, it, this is its name. I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm thinking, you know, all these layers of information. I'm trying to decide. So I know how I feel about a restaurant like that for someone that I'm dating. But I was still trying to figure out, like, well, how did he feel about it? Did he feel guilty, like it was inappropriate to go to this restaurant, or did he think it was just fine? I couldn't really tell because, you know, he's throwing his dad in the mix, and it's like, you know, I never want to go. So it didn't end with the first conversation. I wasn't really sure how to respond, and I don't even remember how the conversation ended. But I did a little bit of research, uh, looked up some reviews on the restaurant, And it was very interesting. There were people that said, yeah, this restaurant is so lame. Like, clearly, I just need to stick to the strip clubs that I frequent. Or there were people that were like, this place is great, so much better than Hooters. Now, going to a restaurant like that is completely opposed 
to my values, the reasons that I would go to a restaurant and the reasons that I would want men in my life to go to a restaurant. Something like that might not bother you at all, but it really did bother me. For me, it felt a lot more like cheating and a lot less like going to a restaurant. And as the full weight of my imagination started playing, a tremendous desire to control welled up in me. And I wanted to say, yeah, you used to go to this restaurant with your dad, but now you're dating me. And my boyfriend does not go to a restaurant like that. I wanted to flip the switch. I wanted to just say no. I wanted it so bad. I wanted to preserve the relationship. I wanted to be able to envision a day where we would get married and have children. And this news about this restaurant threatened those dreams of our beautiful future together. I wanted to fight. I wanted to fight for our relationship. I wanted to fight for him being able to be respectable in the eyes of my dad and my brothers. I wanted him to choose me, but he couldn't choose me unless he had a choice. And I knew that I had to let him come to that decision himself. Believe me, we had lots of conversations about it over the following months. And as sad as it is to say, if you ask me, that was the reason our relationship ended. But did I really want to be in a relationship where he didn't have the choice? As sad as I was that he didn't choose me, I knew that I would rather him make that choice than me go forward in this relationship always wondering if he had just let me control him or if he would have eventually come to that decision for himself. Yes, when you give people the choice, sometimes their choices will hurt you. Sometimes your children will choose to be disrespectful. Sometimes their choices will terrify you. And that is one reason why I strongly recommend introducing freedom in your relationship as young as possible while you still are not in a position to make the really scary decisions that will really scare you when they're over 18 and you don't have any say whatsoever anymore. So how do we guide our children through the transition of being externally controlled by us to being internally controlled by their own values? How do we present them with choices and build a strong connection that will serve as a rope as they navigate their own river of integration? How do we ensure that we're not introducing chaos by giving children more choices in their own lives? Stay tuned to future podcasts where we will be discussing a parenting approach called coaching, enforcing healthy boundaries, having a zero-tolerance policy on disrespect in our homes, handling chores, and being mean to siblings. We're going to talk about building an ironclad connection, about discussing the behaviors with your spouse that tempt you to swoop in and engage in a power struggle. 
And we're going to interview experts on teenagers and their need for increasing independence. Before we say goodbye, I'd like to share a quick joke with you. A husband once said to his wife, let's get one thing straight between us. I'm the king around here and you're nothing. Got it? Sure, she replied. That makes you the king of nothing. Keep growing and take good care.